it's good to be with everybody tonight. Um, so 31 years ago, Linda and I got married, and uh, it's been a fantastic ride. One of the areas that, um, and I'd, I didn't set in there, that needed to, to really grow in was my, my love for money and, and, and that chase. And um, I will tell you, didn't have a generous bone in my body at that point in time. It was all about what could, what could I keep, and that's something that that uh, Linda, in love, spoke to me a lot about, and um, uh, that you know the Lord really started to change my heart on those things. The Lord is crazy. How can He use somebody like that, and then put me in a situation like this this many years later, to uh, to to share some of the things that He has taught me? Uh, I'm going to pretend that I'm sitting at a kitchen table because that's what I do mostly. If I and I'm just trying to see if I've actually worked with anybody in here, but. Um, I love to do that. That is something that um, whatever you're gifted in and the Lord gives you that opportunity, I would certainly encourage you to, to serve in that manner in, in whatever that would be. Tonight, I hope to give some good practical advice. Um, Linda and I had the privilege to work with some couples in the marriage counseling role. And um, there's a book called uh, Preparing for Marriage by, uh, by Rainey. And that has been, uh, it, it, it gives a chapter in there that I think outlines finances in a very godly but very simple manner. And, and uh, I wanted to use that tonight then as, as the framework for that. I love in there, he gives, he gives a quote from uh, Martin Luther that says, um, there are three conversions. There's the conversion of your heart, the conversion of your mind, and the conversion of your purse, your money. So, um, you, you probably have heard this, but for years, especially in the context of marriage, uh, surveys have certainly shown that finances are one of the top conflicts in a marriage and reasons for divorce. Interestingly, it's not because they don't have money. Oftentimes, it's, it's not the lack of money. It is how people communicate about money and how they spend money. So. Uh, that's, that's what we're going to talk a little bit about tonight. So who does, who does money belong to anyway? Is it us? So if you look uh, in, in Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. And then in 1 Chronicles 29, um, includes these truths about uh, what belongs to God. Everything that's in the heavens and the earth, both riches and honor come from you. All things come from you. All is yours. So again, who does money belong to? It's not us, it's God, right? So, uh, and if God's the owner, what does that make us as his children? So in Luke 16, uh, it tells us that uh, uh, we are to be righteous in the use of what God provides and that we cannot serve two masters. You're either going to serve the Lord or you're going to serve money. Love the concept of stewardship. So we are stewards. And if you've heard, I love a working definition. Stewards is the manager of somebody else's property. So when you're thinking about, I've got property from somebody and I've been called to manage it, it gives you a whole different perspective on that. And that's what we are. For everything that God's given us, we're stewards. And then in, uh, in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, it tells us that we're not to store up treasures here on earth. It's temporal, but rather we're to store up treasure in heaven that will last forever. 
And then further, and this, this one cut me personally deep um, as, as I was growing uh, and, and the Lord was really working on my heart, though, it is, and you've heard it, you've read it, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is, right? So, uh, and for a long time, my heart was, in fact, in that chasing of money. It really was. Matthew 6, 25 through 25, uh, yeah, 25 to 33, implores us to, to not be worried. Uh, and, and Pastor Kurt talked about that this morning, um, about what you're going to eat or drink or the clothes that you're going to wear. We're to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added to us. God not only owns it all, but he also is the one that supplies for all of our needs. So that's that, that anxiety that, that money can cause for an awful lot of people. And everybody gets anxious over different things, and that's what Kurt had talked about. So, um, but, but this clearly is one of those, and it has a big impact on the marriage. So what are some practical takeaways from, from these truths? So one of them would be, <clears throat> excuse me, one is we're responsible to live within the means that God provided for us. You've heard that. Are you practicing that? So you have a certain amount of finances that the, that the Lord has given to you right now, and are, are you living within those? So we're to look closely at our attitudes about material possessions and be more thoughtful and more strict with our purchases. So that's something that I do, I do talk with couples about quite frequently is when they're, they're out, and it could be the husband, can be the wife, that are out uh, spending much more frivolously than what they should be on things that haven't been discussed. Uh, that, that they'll just bring home, and that, that causes a lot of strife in a marriage. We are to free up more resources so that we can be generous with God's, uh, generous towards God's work and his people. So it's not enough just to live within your means and, and push it all the way to the edge. Uh, you will have tremendous blessing when you get to the point where you are able to generously give to somebody that's in need and, and help them. In fact, uh, Oftentimes, I feel certainly more blessed than I think the individuals that we help out are, and, and, and that's, that's very true. In marriages, we're called to commit to oneness in our finances, which means several items in and of itself. So one, we need to view God's provision as ours rather than mine. So Linda and I have a, a, a granddaughter right now, and that's one of her, her big sayings. She's not quite two. And all of those that have little kids in the room, you, you certainly don't have to teach your kid to grab on and hang on to something that they feel is mine, right? That's a little, mine, mine. They're always doing that. Uh, but you know, we're not to do that in a marriage. We're, we're actually supposed to con consider everything as ours that the Lord's given us. We need to set financial goals together. So you need to have a philosophy on what you're going to do with your resources and then commit to making that happen. So working with uh, a couple recently that said, hey, really would love to be able to, to stay at home a, as a mom. I mean, that's a great honorable goal. Are, are they prepared to do what it takes to meet that commitment? Okay, so um, I know Linda and I for years have, have talked. Um, we've stayed away from trying to gather so much material things and we try to make memories. So we'll spend more of our money on, on trips and, and uh, seeing our kids, especially our, our oldest daughter lives in Alaska, so Linda just got back recently from Alaska. Uh, I like to laugh at her and say, hey, she's just a few days shy of residency in Alaska. I think that next trip's gonna push her over the edge and she'll be there. Um, but that's a commitment. 
There are many other things that we could do with those resources, but that's a big commitment for us. And we're, and we're together on that. So we're, we'll spend resources to, to make that happen. We committed early on in our marriage, and we got married young. We didn't have a lot, went off and started uh, work, and it was a commitment for us to say that she was gonna stay home with the kids. That, made, that meant sacrifices, certainly. Um, uh, and for us, that was a really big one. So we made sure that whatever I made was gonna be all that we would, we would have to, to spend and, and to stay out of debt. We need to be obedient and cheerfully tithe. I can tell you, that was really hard on me. The first conversation we had about tithing, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to do what? I'm giving 10%? Hang on, wait a minute. Then I wrestled with that. Well, does that mean 10% after taxes? After some other things? What does that really mean? Is that 10% of our uh, disposable income? Linda lovingly and gently said, no, no, no. That's a first fruits, Jeff. That's what that is, and that means at the top. So first 10% goes up. So I can tell you when I work with folks budgeting, and that's what we'll talk about that in a minute, but one of those line items, the most important line items, no matter how much you make, is Yes, you need to make sure you've got a line in there for tithing and faithfully give uh, is, is what we are called to do. Being open and honest about finances. You can't keep secrets about income, spending, uh, and, and especially uh, if, uh, different accounts. So I know I've spoken to several people that have, you know, hey, I've got my own little account off here and my wife or my husband, they don't know anything about it. Uh, from, from that aspect. That's being dishonest as, uh, as husband and wife, and it shouldn't happen. Also debt. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit, uh, and I've, I've loved Pastor Pat's, uh, his philosophy around here, and many of you I'm sure can recite that, but scripture never encourages us to go into debt. It always discourages, but it does not outrightly forbid us to go into debt. So therefore, it's usually a test of faith it's not a test of sin, okay? So um, it, it, I like to make sure that we, we keep that in mind. So forming, uh, I'll jump to budget. So forming a budget together and, and working together to keep that. That's really important. And that's kind of usually the first step when I sit down with a couple. Um, we don't jump right into finances. I mean, we talk about their marriage. We talk about their, uh, their relationship with the Lord. And if those, if those things aren't in order, then we could talk for a lot of days about finances. Not going to do a lot of good. So money, as in almost anything in this world, uh, material-wise, inherently in and of itself, it's not sinful, nor is it righteous. So it's, as most things, it's a test of our heart. It's really a heart issue for us. So uh, making sure that people uh, have, have that in the right spot. So on the subject of tithing, where does that come from? So in Genesis 14 is the first instance, uh, first instance of tithing in Scripture. And that's where Melchizedek, who's the king of Salem, is, uh, has blessed Abraham, and Abraham in turn gives him a tenth of everything. So that's the first time in Scripture that you get that concept of, of tithing. And it's, big word there, everything. Everything Abraham had, that he had, he gave a tenth of that over. In Exodus 23, so 19, so the, it's the best of the first fruits. 
of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. So that's where as I study those things out, I'm like, ah, oh, Linda, you're right. It's first fruits and it's everything. Okay, so need to, need to step in there. Have conversations a lot with folks about work. And um, we are. We're, we're at Proverbs 16, 3 tells us that we need to commit our work to the Lord. In 21, 5, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. So that quick rich, get quick rich schemes. It's not for us as believers. We're to work hard. And over time, you will, uh, if you're a good steward, you will have the resources uh, to, that will be plenty for you to live on. Somebody laugh, uh, laughed, somebody earlier said something about, do I have the, the, you know, the, the good Ponzi scheme or uh, you know, that kind of stuff? And, and no, I don't. I uh, would, wouldn't want to share something like that with you. It's through hard work. So in first, uh, 2 Thessalonians 3, um, tells us if you're not willing to work, let him not eat. Some walk in idleness, encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. So we are, we are uh, obediently um, asked or commanded in Scripture to say that you need to work hard. So what does Scripture actually have to say about this concept of, of just money in and of itself? So in Ecclesiastes 5.10, so he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This is also in vanity. It's, it's all in vanity. In Matthew 6, it tells us, uh, we talked earlier, you can't, you can't serve the two masters, money and God. And uh, uh, love the, pa uh, the parable of the talents. So it's, it's the faithful over the little things um, that has allowed them to, to set over much. And I, I, I really love this phrase where he says, if you've been faithful, you enter into the joy of your master. Enter into the joy of your master. So being obedient and righteous with your, with your funds lets you enter into the joy of your master. And then in 1 Timothy 6, it says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. That's the cause. I know uh, a lot of times when I get in, uh, or get asked to sit down and, and talk with some couples, they have inflicted an awful lot of pain and suffering in their lives over money. With that, I think you've got some questions, Jason. So I'm going to pause there and uh, let Jason Jackson come up, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk some practical questions as well. Thank you, Jeff. Hey, let's say how much we appreciate Jeff and praise the Lord for him this evening. Okay, Jeff, wow, some really good foundational stuff there. I, I yep. was thinking as I listened to your story, watched your video again um, this evening with everybody else, for some of our younger couples here that may be um, facing some of the same decisions that you and Linda did early on, you said you, you made a mistake maybe of prioritizing money in choosing, to, in choosing what jobs you, you were going to pursue and eventually where, yeah. you would, where you would land when you moved. So give some of our couples here some, um, some advice on how to... How to choose those types of things? How to choose sure. jobs? How to how to put money in its right place in our in our uh, deciding what to where to where to live and where to move and what job to take? Yeah, yeah, no, and I I, I do work with couples, especially like in our in our cell group that you get to know over time, and that's it's usually in that safety net there that people start to really open up and say, "No, wait a minute, should should I go pursue this job or should I?" Uh, and I, what I what I I would counsel them, and and I'll share that here is 
what's the driving force behind even looking at the job? So if, if that is purely money, then in that case, uh, that needs to be one of those that you're talking about, okay, is it, still, is it still a good move? Are you within kind of your discipline? Are you gonna be able to, uh, you're gonna be able to still serve properly in church? Are you going to be able to be with your family? Are you gonna be able to support them? Those kinds of questions. And there are some times that where you're just at, at such a beginning low level of, of finances that yes, um, taking, taking a job that's still gonna allow you to do the other things over the concept of money is okay. Yeah, so um, it, it's not that, again, it's not that making money is sinful, right. it's, it's what we do with that money, so yeah. So sometimes we put money on the top of the list in, uh, in the deciding factor of where to move or what decisions to make, and you're saying maybe it's not at the top of the list. Yeah, it wouldn't be at the top. Or if, or if it's near the top, you need to make sure you've got that balanced with uh, what service, church, serving the Lord. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, that's big, yep. Yeah. Jeff, you talked a little bit about budgeting. You gave us some practical advice on that, and you've yeah. got some some resources maybe to give to people that want that. We can put I it do. on our website and things like that. That'd be super helpful. But um, budgeting to me sounds like a word that just says, "How how do we not have fun in life?" Okay, <laughs> so uh, talk to us talk to us a little bit about how to budget for things like relaxing and and doing things that are refreshing and leisure and fun. Sure. I mean, is there such a thing? There is. So how many people like to do budgeting? <laughs> There's a few hands. I love that. Praise the Lord. We'll get together afterwards, okay? Yeah, yeah, so, you guys can go out. Yeah, no, and, and, and I do. I, ha I have a simple Excel spreadsheet. Uh, a lot of people have a lot, uh, a, a lot of other technology around that that can feed you some of the information underneath that. But yes, as I sit down and we start talking budgeting, so tithing was one of those. Now, oftentimes I will, I will pull the husband off of the side and say, now wait a minute, where's, where's date night? You, you've got to have time in here and you've got to set resources aside to, to make sure that you're paying attention to that special relationship of your wife. So th those are the, some of the fun stuff. Uh, you know, things, things with the kids. I mean, you can't, you, you don't want it to get it so tight that you're just sitting at home and, and staring at each other. Yeah, so that's, but again, that's- not that's, bad either that's, though sometimes. Well, no, no, not at all. I highly encourage it oftentimes, so. Uh, yeah, but, but it is. It's making sure that you put things down on paper that you can then prioritize. And that would include some fun activities. Absolutely. So, so for, the, for the couple that says, this sounds great if you've got money, we don't have any. Uh, what do you say to that couple? Everybody has money. It's just what you do with it, right? But right. What, what if we feel like, my goodness, I can't afford to even think about where my money's going to go. I'm just covering the bases every single month. Yeah. No, and that's, that's where that concept of work comes into play. So oftentimes it is, if you, if you are super struggling with it and, and you're not, it may be a case where, well, you need to think about getting back to, to school, getting more education so that you can, in fact, get a higher paying job, more skillful job. Uh, and college isn't for everybody, so that may be a skilled trade or that might be something, you know, uh, not just that, that, that uh, what we would think of a four-year college degree kind of a scenario. Um, taking on a second job. There's many times that I've had to counsel people, especially that have gotten into a bad situation. It's like, well, for a season here, yes, you need to go get a second job. And you need to be, you need to be willing to put, you know, put aside and, and get some of that debt paid off. Um, so it, you, you do have to do that at times. Appreciate Absolutely. what you said mm -hmm. about the, the parable of the talents. God has given different people different talents, and some of that is financial resources. And yep. it's not how much we have, it's what, what we do with it, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 
Yeah, you talked a little bit about debt uh, just a second ago. Yeah. Tell us about credit card debt, about, you know, is there good debt, bad debt? Should we avoid all debt? Is there any debt that is okay? Uh, the average American has like five to $7,000 of credit card debt, right? So yeah. what do we do with that and where does it come from? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I will tell you uh, credit card debt would be certainly considered bad debt. But the use of credit cards in and of itself, I know people that will go all the way to one, one extreme and say, hey, cut every credit card up, can't do it, can't use it. Now, if you, in fact, um, and that might be good counsel for some individuals that just have such a, a, um, a problem with the spending that you have to take all resources away from them. So well, that, the that would include credit today. cards, cash. That would include, you know, any, any ability to do that. So, you know, that's, that's that radical step of, of, of absolutely remove. I, I can tell you the use of credit cards in and of themselves is okay. We, we use our credit card heavily. Now, I haven't paid interest on a credit card in 25 years, but I use that as uh, instead of spending that's cash. That's because you have a no interest credit card. Uh, no, right. no, I don't. I, I go ahead and let them tell me the, the highest interest as long as it's free. <laughs> Give me a free card with a big interest and I'll, I'll manage it. So and, you're paying and not it pay. off all the time. That's you pay it off every month. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's my counsel to a, uh, to a lot of those couples. Once you get in that discipline, it becomes a discipline. And it's, it's nothing more than a tool, quite frankly, is, is really what, if you get the right mentality about it, it allows you to track your expenses a lot easier. Uh, for, you know, for, for a lot of individuals. So uh, it can be used in a great way. Yeah, so. So there's dangers besides just, just uh, racking up credit card debt when you, when you get into debt. What, when you talk to couples and maybe even here tonight, what would you tell us? Like, listen, here's some things that happen in your marriage when you're um, in, in just overwhelming debt. What are some of the side effects of that? Well, wow, yeah. So the side effects of that, there's in, incredible amounts of arguments that come into play. There's a lot of guilt that gets gets put into play uh, in, in that situation, and that becomes that core where, ultimately speaking, one of the couples decides, uh, enough of this, I walk away. I give up on the marriage completely over the finances. So, um, and we've, you know, we've, I, I have several individuals that I'm thinking of right at the moment that have succumbed to that and have given up and have walked away. Uh, but with that disciplined approach that we talked about earlier, you can work your way out of that. So I, I know a handful of couples that are in great shape today that, yes, they took that nice disciplined approach and, you know, they stopped going to, to Starbucks three times a day and, you know, you start to really manage, you know, how many... That just hits several people right in the heart. When you well, it does. That. And if you, if you can afford to go to Starbucks three, three times a day, then it's one thing. <laughs> but a lot of people, you, you know, that's the kind of spending that when you have the discipline and you sit down and now look at that pattern over several months, you're starting to go, ooh, wait a minute. Yeah, there's an awful lot of money going to areas that we didn't, you didn't even really recognize. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, that's sure. big. Okay, so as a married couple, let's talk about some of those areas. How do, you, how do you communicate with your spouse about the money that you're spending or that you think you should spend or that you're wondering if you should spend? How do you have that conversation um, maybe walk us through some, some conversations you've had with Linda about purchases, big or small. Yeah, yeah. So um, the, the, the husband is called to lead. And therefore, men, we need to step up and we need to have that leadership position. We need to bring the defenses down and we need to openly discuss finances uh, within, within our marriage. So um, I, I know a lot of people will tend to go, it's, it's always the wife that's the big spender. That is not the case. 
That is not the case at all. So you can have men and women equally be the overspenders in those relationships. But uh, to be able to carve that off and say, we're going to have these conversations, we're going to allow ourselves to have these and, and pick the right time. Um, I, I know what I've been guilty of many, many times is trying to, now let's talk, let's talk logical when, it, let's say, Linda's upset. That's, that's not the time for me to be logical, Jeff, right? So let's, uh, allow that to pass and get another separate time. Even if you have to say, hey, tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon, whenever it is, we're going to have that conversation about finances. Get away from the heat and now sit down and, and have that, uh, that conversation. But uh, we, we as the men, uh, the husbands in that relationship, we need to be ready to step up and, and lead in those conversations. Yeah, and, and, in, a, and in an open, non-threatening manner. Um, so what does that conversation do look like? If, if, if you're married, the husband is called to lead the, in, in yep. the house in that way. Um, so how can he do that? What, are, what is the filter that you would suggest that we use to, uh, you know, hey, should we buy this right now? Should we buy it at all? How do you say yes yep. or no to some of those things? Yep, well, big, big step back is that budget and making sure that's the time that I can encourage a lot of people right away is at the time of budget, this is when we're gonna talk about what our priorities are. And now you can always go back to then the discussion of, now remember the budget, remembered what we have agreed upon, uh, and, and that's, that's both individuals, right? Uh, of saying what we've listed out and what we're gonna prioritize, are we following that? And the first time that you don't follow it, that's when you're gonna to start to have the, have the conversation of we, we didn't follow that. And now it's the time to talk about the commitments again. And are we truly committed? Are we on the same, the same page? Oftentimes, it's either the husband or the wife that, that basically just gave the lip service to, well, you want to hear me say, I commit to that. But I haven't truly committed to that. So that's the point to bring it up there. So a budget isn't good or bad in and of itself, but it, it's a tool no. that reveals where our hearts are. Absolutely. Right? Uh, someone right. said our money flows most effortlessly towards our greatest love. So a budget, mm. in a sense, helps us prioritize, helps us put down on paper where our greatest love is, our, our priorities, right. in a sense. Um, what, are some other, what are some other things that reveal our hearts in marriage, maybe even outside of money, Jeff, that you've seen? That's a good question. Um, you should have prepped me with that one. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't well, give you that nice. one before. No, 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 no. Um, this is right off the cuff. Give us your yeah. heart, heart response. Yeah, so t time is, is, the, is the next big filter. I think in there, in terms of um, you're going to spend that time on the things that you love. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big sports fanatic, do, do love sports, and yeah, there's times that I can get way too engrossed in, uh, in watching my favorite teams. Uh, the, the beautiful part for me is I brought Linda along the ride there, so she's become a sports nut too. So we're, we're, we get to do a lot of that together, yeah. you know. And that's, I think that's the, that's the key challenge, is making sure you both as a couple you, you identify, here's the thing that my spouse loves, and I'm going to spend time there with them. And over time, the Lord's going to, you may not love it, but you're going to at least be able to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah you know, kind of a scenario. So yeah. Some of that's a sacrifice, right? Totally. Doing something that you might not have chosen yep. to do right away. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, so L Linda loves going, to the, uh, goes, loves going to plays. Those that you know me well, I can't hear. So it's tough to sit in the Civic Center and, you know, not be able to hear much, you know, kind of a scenario. But she loves it. I just love everything about the evening that we get to go out on a date because I know how much she enjoys it, 
right? So that, that's a big part of saying, okay, we're going to put time, we're going to put some, some, some resources there to, to be able to, to, to do those things. So That answer right there is worth you coming in tonight, okay? <laughs> what he just said, husbands, wives, sacrificing, investing in the, in the life of your spouse and in your marriage in things outside of just money. Uh, doing right. things that you wouldn't choose because you love your spouse. I yeah. really, really appreciate that. Yeah. Maybe that goes along with um, spending money on memories and not just on material things, right? Exactly. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What kind of memories have you have you made? And, and not all those things cost money, right? No, no they, they certainly don't all cost money. But yes, but they, but, but they all cost something. Huh. Either it's that time or it's, you know, you've you, you got to give something else up, you know, from that. So, so for us, yes, having... Uh, I don't think much about spending money on a really nice meal that we know with, with the whole family that you're going, wow, that's an awful lot of money to spend on that. But we choose to do that because we'll hear and have conversations about that for many years to come afterwards, right? And the kids are they're always talking about it. So we, we were out in uh, Rapid City, Utah. First time we ever went to a really expensive uh, you know, steak place, the Chop House, I think is what it was called. The kids to this day, that, I think that was, uh, how long ago was that, Lynn? Was that like 10 years ago? Yeah, it's been like 10 years ago, but yet we just had a conversation about that. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's what I mean by memories, you know, something that's going with, to stick out with the kids. Um, and and that's, you know, that's the other thing. We would choose, we'd much rather choose to go spend time on a trip and, uh, you know, a vacation, so to speak, or even that's just going to spend time with our kids that are, are, are in different locations uh, as opposed to having material things, because yeah. those all those all cost time. They cost money. It's use of vacation days, oftentimes for those that you know that work. That's what you're you're putting forth to be able to do those. But that's our commitment, and we've agreed to do that, and that's how we live our lives. So, yeah, I love that. That's great advice. I, I appreciate that. We talked about some of the uh, the younger couples and maybe just getting married and, and setting the foundation for the rest of yeah. marriage. Tell us a little bit about uh, some advice that you'd have to those of us that. Uh, maybe re preparing for retirement or retirement age and, or maybe in retirement already? How can we use our resources in a godly way, in a biblical way, uh, as good stewards? Yeah, so you, you, you touched on a couple things there. So re retirement. Yeah. Um, yes, it, 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 there, there's nothing in Scripture that says you're going to retire or what that looks like. But yes, especially here in the U.S., we, we oftentimes think of that retirement uh, and, and the planning to get there. So the big thing that I oftentimes talk with people right away is what, what's available to you at work from a retirement plan. Um, you know, the concept of matching typically within 401ks and those kinds of things is making sure that you can live and be disciplined, that you can get, get that full match. So in a lot of places that may be, you have to, put, you have to set, aside, set aside 5% in order to get their match. Well, make sure you're living, you get that full five, Otherwise, you are, in fact, just leaving money on the table. You're not taking full advantage of that benefit. Okay, so break that down real quick. I'm not a money guy. Yeah, sure. Which makes this a funny conversation, actually. <laughs> okay. So, so your, your company, the people you work for, that's, yep. that's your company. Yeah. People you work for, uh, give, say they'll take 5% and put it towards your retirement, and then you take 5% out of your paycheck and match it. They're matching what you're giving. You're they, giving. they match what you give. Yes, correct. Yeah, so if you so, don't match yep. that, you're leaving money on if the table. If you don't put money in, they don't match. You've left money on the table. Yeah. And the rule of thumb is you need to be setting aside at least 10%. So if you have a company, if a company will set aside 4 or 5%, that means that that, that other 5 or 6% needs to come from you. Okay, so, uh, and, and start early. So just the concept of compounding of, of interest, once you put your money to work for you, you get it out there. If you start early, 
you'll be so much farther ahead. I mean, I, I won't go into the, to, to the money tables at the moment, but yes, there's all kinds of uh, illustrations out there and your 401k folks or IRA or whoever you're, you're dealing with, they'll show you that the individual that sets aside, you know, st uh, starts with a few thousand dollars at the age of 21, how much they'll have at the end of retirement versus that individual waits until they're 40 and starts putting like 10,000. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's crazy how that money will go to work for you. So the people you that are younger, put, put aside whatever you can. As much as you can, okay. absolutely. And especially especially are... before you're married. If, if you haven't gotten married for, sure. I mean, this is a marriage class. Yeah. But I will, I will tell, so I'll tell my kids that before they've gotten married is start paying attention to that and get, get that money put aside, get it started. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. how to live in retirement as a, as a wise believer. I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do yeah, you do? I, I don't know. Um, that, that's a good question. I, I, uh, a lot of that comes down to what has your life been like and what are you setting it up for? So hopefully you've set it up that once you hit that, uh, you know, like your big ticket items of, of your home and that kind of stuff will be taken care of. Um, my personal desire in all of that is that I can stop actually doing a nine to five or however many hours uh, regular job for money and can do a lot of service work. So I don't, uh, we're not to be idle, right? So what, what that looks like, I would love to do missions and that kind of stuff would be something that uh, I've, I've got a call to. So uh, would love to do that. And we've, we've had the privilege to do uh, part of the missions uh, here. Uh, and that was one, one other topic I was gonna, gonna say is, is when you live this way, that's the Lord's gonna give you those opportunities yeah. to be drawn closer to him and to serve. Uh, because that you you'd be able to do those things, or you're going to be able to help somebody else do them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is a part that is that blessing. So you know, don't waste do your it. retirement. Right. Yeah, there's opportunities to serve and to give and to and to be part of something that maybe you wouldn't have been able to be a part of before while you were working. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So the other thing you'd mention with the kids there. So for one, uh, uh, I mean, you're saving for retirement is one one big topic. The other is what do you do for your for sending kids to college? Yeah. Now that's, that's something as husband and wife that we all need to make sure that we're in agreement on. I have talked to many family members that are like, if my kid wants to go to college, they're gonna have to sacrifice and they're gonna, they're gonna have to pay their way through school. And I, th there's nothing scripturally that would say that's not, that's not appropriate in any way, shape or form. Neither is there, hey, I'd like to be able to help my kids. So now I, I had help when I was going to school for my parents and they'd set up and they'd set aside that. So that philosophy has come with me as well. Uh, one thing I would tell you here in the state of Iowa, make sure that you give a hard, hard look to the 529 plans because that's gonna allow you the money that you put into those 529 plans is before taxes at the state level. You're still gonna pay federal tax, but, but, but that's set aside. So that's one of those fantastic tools out there that I will oftentimes point people to, uh, college savings, um, Iowa is what it's is what it's called uh, for here, and that's actually that's uh, that has been a template framework that many many states have copied Iowa's. So it's it's a good plan. Yeah. So that's if Where you, you want to save, you do that? it. What, can people talk to you about that? Oh, absolutely. You'll put their kids through college. Is that what you're saying? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. All right. I did not say that. So um, 
Yeah, yeah so I, I will throw that out there. For, so from a very practical perspective, I'll, I'll stick around. Uh, afterwards, you can ask me questions on, on, I mean, very specific things like that. That's not a problem. I also, if you want to give me an email address, I'm certainly happy to, to send anybody the budget template that I oftentimes use. It's uh, pretty straightforward. I like the simplicity of it. it. It doesn't scare anybody when you look at it the first go round, and it really helps you plan. So yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to give that out too. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate that. Yep. Okay, people are in this in this auditorium tonight, getting ready to drive home, pick up their kids, drive home. If they're married, they've got kids. If they're single, they're thinking about who do I talk to about this? What do I say? Give some advice to the spouse tonight or the couple that's going home and they want to talk about this tonight. Okay, what what do they need to talk about right away? What are some big questions? Some big um, bullet points that maybe tonight they can start having a conversation about finances and marriage. Yeah, I, I would start with that first and foremost of what's what's going to be our commitment. It's it's your philosophy. Make sure that the two of you are on the same page. Okay, the budget helps you uh, put into practical terms what that looks like. But if you don't know what that looks like to start with, uh, that that's a key. That's an absolute key point uh, to begin with. And if you're not on the same page. That's, I would tell you, that's the only piece you really need to talk about is getting on that same page of where you think you want to spend your resources. What's the most important uh, for you as a couple? Yeah. That'd be the starting point. Second point then is if you have a budget, fantastic, are you using the budget? So I know a lot of people say, hey, yeah, I have one. Well, when was, when was the last time you actually looked at it, talked about it, you know, from, from that aspect? Um, uh, and if you don't have one, seriously consider putting one in place yes absolutely and you'll give them a resource if they if they need something to absolutely. start with right yes cool. sure will happy to cool. do that hey jeff thank you so much this has been man i've learned tonight Good. plenty of people scare me because they use a different language i don't understand it <laughs> and uh and you've done a great job tonight Good. thank you and Good. thanks for helping me learn and, and hopefully uh several in this room we want to give you a couple extra minutes before you go get your kids if you have questions for jeff uh, he said he'd be more than happy to help you and maybe write him a, give, give him your email address and yeah, you guys can start absolutely. to communicate that way. Hey, thank you so much, Jeff. Let's close in prayer yeah. and then we'll let you. Sounds good. Father, thank you. Thanks for what your word says about finances. And, and we've heard tonight that finances and marriage can be really difficult or a, a great joy. I pray that, Lord, we would be a church, Sailorville Church, that would be characterized by godly marriages. And part of those godly marriages are godly is a godly way of treating our finances, whether we have from a human standpoint a lot or whether we have a little. Um, let us not think about how much we have, but what we're doing with what you've um, entrusted to us. Thank you so much for Jeff. Thanks for Jeff and Linda as they've shared their story even together a little bit here tonight through the video and through the examples Jeff's given. And thank for, thanks for the, the gifts and the skills and the abilities that you've given him and for his willingness to help us think through that as well. Lord, thanks for tonight. We love you. Thank you so much for loving us first. In your precious name, amen.